What's up, everybody? This is Andy Morales, and welcome to episode eight, season two of the Jazz Sessions Live podcast. Um, it's been a while since I've done one of these. Uh, a lot of priorities I had to take care of, but I'm excited. Um, I know, you know, this episode and the episode before took a while to be uploaded, but I'm finally back, so I'm excited. And I'm excited to introduce my guest today, Kendra M. Austin. How are you? Hi, Andy. I am great. It is so nice to be here with you. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today. Sounds good. Sounds good. So how are you? How's life? How's uh, what's going on these days with you? Um, life is good. Um, I keep myself busy with um, freelance editing and writing and um uh, it's my happy place. It's what I do for a living and I love it. That's amazing. That's amazing. So um, I understand that you have a book that's out. I am war. Um, tell me about this book. Um, how, what, how did it come about? Um, it's a poetry book. Um, and it follow up to heavy mental. Um, I wanted to kind of take a step out of myself and go in a different direction. Um, the poems are still very, very personal, but um, whereas heavy mental was very focused on grief. Um, I am a war focuses um, on some mental, um, mental health issues, um, some spiritual um, thoughts and um, I'm just really, really proud of it. Um, I took it from a poem that I had collabed with. Um, I wrote it with Rhiannon Marie. And I thought, you know, I am a war is kind of like a mantra that I can say to myself. It means that, you know, I survive. It's, it's not, it, it may sound like it has a negative connotation, but it really isn't. It's, it's a positive thing. You know, within me, I am a war. I'm a war. I will survive. So it's very much about moving on and, um, you know, just, just living and overcoming. No, I that's such a beautiful thing honestly and I know like what you're saying too especially in the spiritual aspect of it you know I definitely relate to you on that because you know um I, I believe in God I believe in Jesus and you know just the struggle itself mentally spiritually emotionally and mentally you know as far as like you know about his word but yet it gets difficult because that's when the temptations come in or your oh what they say biblically uh your old self wants to creep up in and turn you back to the person you don't want to be anymore type of thing, right? So I love that the title is I Am A War because I think we, a lot of us definitely, I, I think that's what it is in life. And I mean, mm -hmm. I love the fact that, you know, you're taking something that you deal with and you're acknowledging it. And like I said, it's a, uh, uh, what was the word you say? I'm sorry, a memoir? What was the word you say? That uh, to yourself, what was the word? I, I apologize. Um a mantra mantra yeah the fact that you say it was a mantra to yourself and 
to just like all about living and surviving like that's that's such a beautiful thing you know and um there's a lot I, I know for me personally it's like the the trying to survive each day you know with the thoughts in my head or how i feel about myself in opposed to how god sees me type thing and accepting how god sees me at least at least for my life you know it's it is a struggle i think about it like a tug of war as you're telling me that that's what i thought about it's like the opposing team you're trying to grab the rope and you know you're tugging each other like no like this is the way to go but you want to pull me back to where i don't want to be anymore right. if that makes sense you know and it's the, i love that and what about the cover like how, tell me about the cover um i chose a photograph of my daughter um as the cover um because for me my daughter is the thing the being that keeps me grounded and tied to this earth for as long as i'm going to be here um she and i have been through a lot together I had her when I was very young. Um, I was 18. Um, and she has seen me grow as a human being. And as much as I have taught her about living and surviving, she's taught me. So I really wanted to use an image of her because she is my greatest influence and um my greatest muse wow wow very amazing and i i i, I will add this onto this um I, I don't know that sentence made sense but um, um i'll say this you know I, i'm a new parent so my son's only two but i can definitely say that having my child um definitely taught me a lot about myself Mm -hmm. that I didn't know was even a thing. And, yeah. for, and for me, it's interesting, right? Because there was, certain, you know, because me, like my, me and my father, you know, even, I mean, God rest his soul now, but, you know, he, uh, you know, there were certain things that I probably didn't agree with of how he saw life. But then I realized maybe the reason why I didn't agree with some of those things is maybe I didn't understand fully those things until I had my own child. Now that I have yeah. a son, it's like that. Okay. I guess there were certain things. Okay. My father was right. I, I get it now kind of thing. It's interesting too, because I know my wife was struggling a lot with um, postpartum depression for a little bit within the first year. So even that I, I've learned so much about myself, even during her tough time too. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, I know you're very big on mental health. So talk to me about not just the importance, but how important is it for you and what is and what does it mean to have that lasting impact in the mental health um, aspect of things? You know, since you, you were talking about it before with, you know, with your books, with Heavy Mental, and, and that's a very interesting title, by the way, Heavy Mental. Like, how did that, like, how'd you come up with that title? Um, <laughs> it's really funny. I was listening to Pink Floyd when it, when it came to me. I don't know if I had some, you know, psychedelic, um, influence that I didn't know was, you know, brewing inside of me. I don't, I don't know. All I know is I was listening to, um, Shine On You Crazy Diamond 
and wow, okay. um, they they have a album called Metal and um, M E D D L E, and I started playing around with, you know, hmm, heavy heavy metal. How could I, you know, use that? And then it just kind of came to me, heavy mental. And I was really lucky because when I did some research at the time, I didn't see a lot out there with, you know, that name, certainly no books. So I snatched it up as as soon as I could. And that just sealed the deal. So (laughs) I love that. Love that. I, it's just that's such an interesting title for a book. Like that's so amazing. Like wow, heavy. Like you know, sorry too. Heavy metal, heavy mental. Like that's awesome. That that is amazing. Well, I love music a lot, and music really inspires my writing. I listen to music every time I write. Every time I sit down at the computer, I have certain playlists. Um you know, depending on what kind of mood I'm in. And um, it can range from, you know, I could listen to Mozart or, you know, you know, Tchaikovsky, or I can listen to Pearl Jam, you know, nice. or the Beatles, or, you know, it just... <laughs> wow, so I really wow. like that musicality kind of thing, like heavy metal, heavy mental, you know? That that's awesome. You know what's crazy too? Music is a very interesting um aspect that we have in our life, right? The fact that it exists, you know, but it's so it's so interesting because I feel like music could take you in so many different directions in the mind. Mm-hmm. I know for me personally, like I guess because I've seen a lot of shows, a lot of sitcoms or something. So like I would like like because I get my inspiration from music also, but the way my mind is, I think it's a little bit weird, but an interesting thing because. I could be outside and then a scenario would play in my head while I'm listening to a song. And I would like, kind of like a sitcom, kind of like, you know how there's like the background music playing and they're having a conversation type thing. And I will legit, it's like my mind warped. I go into this warp zone thing and it's just, I don't know, I'm just in that scenario. And like, <laughs> it'll, make feel, it'll make me feel some type of way. And I'm like, whoa, yeah. but- I want to write about what, wait, that made me feel weird. Why? Like, and, and I, I like to write about that. Like, it's so interesting, you know? So I, I think with music is such an amazing influence, in my opinion. Yes, definitely. It it has um, the ability to um, um, you know, transport you, you know, um, memories, it, it triggers memories. It, you know, enhances your mood or it, or it brings you down or it mellows you out or, you know, it just, it has such a great power that I can't imagine living life without it. I agree. Same here. I, I don't know if, like, if music did not exist, I don't know. I don't think poetry would exist if music existed didn't exist you know what I'm saying like I don't know that's how I feel about it you know I really feel like I agree with that statement because I think that a lot of songwriters I consider songs poetry I consider songwriters poets yes 
And to have that ability to write songs is amazing. I've been wanting to write a song for a long time now. And I don't know if I'm too much in my head, but it's difficult. It is. I, I agree with you on that. Because I, I, I feel like I'm too much in my head, too. Because I'm like, damn, I have a rift in mind. Because I, I play guitar, but I don't know what guitar notes are. Like, if you tell me, oh, what's a G minor? Like, I wouldn't know what that looked like unless you showed it to me. Um, because, you know, I feel like music gets you into places that, you know, like once you write about it, like, especially when it's like, uh, those, like if you know about the, the L.A. punk scene, I don't know if you know about that. Okay, okay. I think it was Black Fag. They have a, they have a, I forgot the name of the song, but the song talks about depression. Not that, oh, I'm depressed. It's more like, this is what depression does to you. It'll get you if you don't get it first. Kind of, kind of thing. And it was so okay. interesting how they could, in, the fact that they could say something like that. And I'm just like, whoa, like that was so, it, it intrigued me, right? But it's like, I feel like that, area of music is very underrated because they would talk about stuff that I don't feel like it's talked about enough right and I think that's where the mental health comes in because a lot of those people you know they did struggle with mental health too actually and they would talk about it in their music but I feel like it's not discussed a lot yeah I feel like um especially within certain groups of people like underrepresented voices um, you know, they struggle in silence, you know, yes. virtual silence. And that's why it's so important to me to be a part of um, Indie Blue Publishing because um, especially with the new anthology coming out through the Looking Glass, it is all based around um, mental, um, mental health all of the contributors are writing about, you know, their mental illnesses that range from, you know, PTSD, depression, bipolar, you know, schizophrenia, all of these illnesses that people are uncomfortable talking about. And it's time we get comfortable. It's time that we start letting these people know that it's okay for them to discuss their mental illnesses. No, I definitely agree with that. You know, um, I remember in my first season when I had the community page jammed them down, which is where the original, you know, it was originated from this podcast as well. Um, I did a, I did a mental health, uh, three day mental health live thing. It was with myself, Robin. Um, well, now she goes by Ash Gypsy and um, Zil Zilinski, right? So, um, and, and she, it was me and her first. We were the first, uh, the day one, whatever. And it's interesting because before, you know, I even went on Instagram and anything like that, I grew up in a commu- in a surroundings where I wasn't allowed to really talk about that, especially when, you know, like me and Mike, because I'm, I'm a... Um, a New Yorkan, basically. I'm Puerto. My parents are Puerto Rican, so you know when you have 1950s Puerto Ricans, they they don't really talk about that kind of stuff. Oh, mm-hmm. you can't talk about that. Shh, you know, caite la kind of thing, and yeah. that was it. And oh, like stop being such a baby. You'll grow up. Like like get out of here. It's not that serious. Whatever. 
And it wasn't until I came into this community page, you know, doing this, whatever, is that I realized, like, it doesn't make me feel less human, you know, to to admit that, yeah, I do have a learning disability. You know, I, I do. Um, I was diagnosed with schizotypal personality disorder, which I'm still learning about this. Um, I was diagnosed as a child. Okay. Um, I went to therapy, I was in psychiatric therapy, all that stuff. I took medication for a little bit and I decided I just didn't want to deal with it anymore because I, it, it, like the way my dad dealt with that and how he dealt with it with me and everything like that, it was very suffocating. And it was, it was I, I felt like I was in prison for a long time. So I couldn't, I was embarrassed to even admit that, hey, I might have this thing. I, I, I have this. this, is what I diagnosed with and they even talk about it and you know, when we did that live, I think that was uh, 2020 was, yeah, 2020, that was last year. Was this last year? Yeah. This was last year, you know, when I did that live, um, that was the first time I even talked about it, to be honest with you, where mm-hmm. I, I I even spoke about it. Because I had this, um, I don't know, I felt like God, God's funny because, uh, like, I have I had this metro card. Um, I don't know if you know about New York, but they use transportation. It's like a card you could you know you put on in and you know transportation. And I remember looking at this metro card because I was using it for a little bit, even though you know I didn't go to the doctor anymore, I didn't go to psychiatry therapy anymore, but I still had this card. So I feel like this metro card, even though benefitly, yeah, like it, it I paid half the I basically paid half of whatever everybody else is paying, but I felt like that part of me was like making me trapped. Like I couldn't feel, not, not that I wanted to be normal, but it made me feel like, I, like, like I was trapped into this thing that I didn't want to, I'm trying to get away from this mm-hmm. negativity part aspect of it. But I feel like that Metro car was still a reminder of who I used to be, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. And I remember, you know what? I was telling my wife when I do this thing, when I do this live with Z, I decided, you know what, I'm going to just talk about it and I'm going to throw the metric card away, which I did. I threw it out. But, you know, the fact that everybody was so welcoming when I talked about it and the fact that just being on Instagram, the fact that there legit is a sense of community in this community page that we do. I'm not, you know, the, the, the poetry community that everyone is just so open Mm-hmm. and so broken and so vulnerable but they're okay with talking about that stuff it made me feel like damn so I don't feel less human absolutely you know? that's something that needs to be um stressed is that you are not less human it's such a mental health mental illness has such a stigma and you know all people who live with mental illnesses, all they need is for people to understand that they are, they are humans. They have emotions. They are different, but not so different that they don't deserve love and care and respect. Amen. Amen. You know, and, um, you know, like, like a lot of people need to understand is that, you know, mental health, you know, the struggle is real. Like, you know, I have friends who struggle a lot with depression. My, my sister struggles a lot with anxiety and depression and she has to take, she has to take medication for it, you know, mm-hmm. because of that, you know, and so does my mom. And it's just, 
you know, and even my wife too, like, you know, she takes Xanax from time to time, but even though that helps her go to sleep, but like she takes that just to maintain her emotions because it's just hard, you know, and, you know, I, I hate this idea that people are like, oh, you'll get over it, you'll be fine. No, because I'm sorry, like, that's not something you could turn on and off like a, like a light, like, you know how you flip a switch and the light, you can't do that with mental health. And I hate this idea that people feel like, Oh, it's that simple. No, it's not that simple, you know? And um, again, it's just back to the community aspect of it. It's just good to know that, you know, people like yourself and everybody else is the fact that, this, you know, you guys are so open about it, you know? And it's good, not just for me, but for other people who feel like they can't talk about it. Well, no, now, now we can, you know? And I feel like this should have been addressed for years already that, and I'm happy that now um, we'll, everybody's pushing through the glass ceiling, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So um, my question to you is, um, I, I think I asked this, uh, um, I, I guess I'll rephrase what I said earlier. Uh, so it's not just the importance, but how important is that for you? I guess is my next question. You know, and, and you know, it's ba based on your experiences uh, you know, however, that like like how important is that for you, and in what ways is it important, and why is it important? Um, I grew up with um, a mentally ill mother, and um, I've always been really interested in psychology. And, um, I, because I wanted to understand because that's, you know, I always want to understand why people are the way they are. I want to understand what makes them tick. And, um, if I can offer any kind of help then I want to do that. Um, you know, I'm not a psychologist, you know, I didn't go to school for it or anything, but I did find a way that I can help people. And that is through the creative process. That is through um, art and writing. And it's important that, you know, they have an outlet and that it's going to be appreciated. Um, myself, I have major depressive disorder. Um, my sister has PTSD and bipolar one. Um, my daughter suffers from, well, I don't want to say suffers. She lives with generalized anxiety disorder. Um, my husband is an army veteran, so he has some PTSD. So it's very much a part of my life. And rather than hiding from it, I want to grab it all in my hands and look at it and, and say, you are a part of my life. You're not going to tear my life apart. I'm going to do everything that I can for myself and for everybody who has to deal with this mess of, you know, mental illness. 
And it's just so important to me that people who, who live with these illnesses understand that there are people out there that care about them and validate them and want to see them succeed in whatever endeavors, whatever goals they have. I want them to understand that they can achieve them. They don't have to let their illnesses define who they are. An illness should not define a person. And um, yeah, that that's that's how I feel about that. It should not Amen. define you. Amen. Ooh, I'm 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 oh, whew, I'm sorry because that kind of hit home. Everything you said hit home. So it's like I kind of went like, oh snap! Like because everything you were saying, you you struck some nerves in me. But like, that's good because. That's that. That means I'm, I'm heading in the right direction. If that makes sense. Um, wow, that was really that was very powerful what you said, and I definitely agree with that because I know I always felt like no one cared about me. I always felt like I wasn't worth anything. You know, um, I I didn't have honestly I didn't have much luck with women. I didn't have luck much luck with the people and you know um, I was bullied growing up. So even that affected the way I thought about myself because I, I even though I'm in a better place in my life but I do struggle with low self-esteem because mm -hmm. I I was just always told oh you're stupid you're this you're retarded you're this and, and you're never gonna do this and you're never gonna do that and for so many years you know I, I I believed it you know even before I came to the Lord I you know I used to drink I used to and smoke weed because it was just my escape mechanism and mm -hmm. even when I didn't have anything else because it did get to a point where yeah I developed a drinking uh, a drinking disorder no uh, I developed a bad drinking habit and I was an alcoholic for a long time and you know even though like a lot of my friends that knew me you know people who knew me and who were around me they would have never known because one thing about me I hit it very well it was always mm -hmm. behind closed so like no one knew that I even struggled with a lot of areas of my life. I always hit it so well, but like my question is, it, it's a, it's a statement within a question, if that makes sense, what I'm about to say, but what do you do when it starts piling on? Like, let, I, I think about it like a book bag, right? How much crap can you put in your book bag until it breaks? You know what I'm saying? Like, what do you do when that happens, you know? And it sucks because when there's no guidance, there's no um, lead to go to, if that makes sense, you know. So with that being said, I guess it's also my question, like, what do you do when it gets to that point, you know, or at least in your eyes? Like, what, 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 what do you do, you know? Um, that's a really interesting question because there's been, you know, lots of uh, situations in my life that I look back on now and I honestly don't know how I did it. I don't know how I came out of it. Um, I think that that's where the spiritualism, I guess, kind of comes in to my life because, and, and I think that it's true for whether you believe in God or you believe in Buddha or you believe in the universe or you believe, you know, in um, 
I don't know, Santa Claus, anybody, whoever right. you hold your beliefs in, you turn to them and you you pray or, or you, you communicate with them in whatever way you communicate. For me, um, writing is how I communicate with my higher, with, with the higher being. Um, I feel that I have been given a gift. It's not necessarily a talent. I really feel like this was a life-saving gift that um, was given to me you know, the writing and being able to express myself that way. And so that is how I speak to God, you know, and without it, I don't think that I would be able to function. I don't think that I would be able to dig in my heels and face the wind and scream at it and say, bring it on because you're not going to tear me down. Wow. Wow. That- Oh man, can I just applaud right now? Because that really just hit home right now. Oh my god, um, wow, it's it's so true. Oh, that that was so spot on. Everything you said because that is exactly what it is. Um, it it's interesting to me because I know what you're saying, right? Because for me, it, it kind of works like that with me too. Because even though I can talk to God and I can because when I pray it's not Hail Mary full of grace it's more like Lord right. look I'm I'm fucking pissed off fucking deal with this here like you know and yeah. you know yeah I know I, sh- I shouldn't curse that God I'm sorry I'm not cursing I'm just, I'm just frustrated but then there's certain things that I feel inside that I just cannot verbalize I don't want to I just don't know how to but give me a piece of paper I said okay whatever comes to my mind I, like I legit black out and I'll just write something and then when I look back I wrote this stuff like this is crazy and there's a lot of stuff I've written that I don't even remember writing Mm -hmm. wow so you know I I, I don't know like it's like as you're saying stuff it's bringing up things that I'm like well okay I didn't even know I was going to talk about this like I I, this is not even I had like notes of things uh, and none of these are in my paper that I'm writing (laughs) nothing is on here I'm like wow dad you are funny but this is amazing, you know. It's good to know that I'm not. I'm really not alone. Like you're not alone. I'm not alone. Like we are not alone. You know. It's like it took all this time until social media came out and this became a thing. So yeah, social media is not always bad. There's a lot of. I feel like there's there's a lot of good and bad in social media, but I feel like there's a lot more good than there is bad, in my opinion. Oh, definitely. I think that. Um... The communities that have sprung up from um, social media, in my personal experience, the ones that I have um, become a part of, are by and large positive. Um, Amen. Me too. And is that because I'm fortunate? Maybe. Um, I think that uh, one must be careful not to fall into, you know, communities that, that are negative. Sometimes there's negativity hiding behind positivity. And, you know, you just have to, you have to stand by your own principles always. And if you find yourself in a community 
and it leaves you feeling shaken or unheard or misheard or, you know, just in general leaves you feeling like you're going against your core, what you believe in, then that's not the community that you should be involved with. Stand by your principles always. Amen. So uh, what I'm going to do here now, I'm going to read a piece and you're going to tell me about this piece. Sounds good? Okay. Let's do it. All right. All right. So this is an untitled piece by yours truly, yourself. And it goes like this. All right. Hide your God. Hide your sex. Hide your red heart and hide your unholy race. Run through prayers. Run through bullets. Run down and hide away. Shut your mouth and eat the shit. Sit on your righteous hand or be killed. Conform to hate or be named a fucking terrorist. Tell me about that piece. Well, that piece, um, I don't write a lot of political statements, but I felt that I needed to write that down because I'm seeing what's happening in our country with um, the treatment of, you know, um, black and brown people in the Asian community, you know, recently in the news. Um, And then you have Israel and Palestine. And, you know, that's recently resurfaced into the news coverage. And it just infuriates me that people who are wanting to be open and understanding and help um, members of communities that are you like for, I'm just going to say, it, I'm just going to be blunt. Yeah. I was going to say, there's no filter here. You can say wherever the fuck you want. You can curse. You can, if, if you feel like, Hey, this might offend some people, but you don't give a shit. I don't care. My podcast is all open format. You can say whatever the fuck you want. Okay. I'm Go just, ahead. I'm going to say it. I, I feel that as a white person I want to support members of the black community right but when I do that I'm judged because people come at me with like well you know they were like think about like the shootings like you know police shooting you know young black people well they shouldn't have been running away from the police like stop wow. stop just stop i guess is what i want to say stop it that was a human life okay there is a such thing as systemic fucking uh racism i'm sorry but it does exist stop denying that it exists and think about you know in other countries like the hide your sex part hide your god think about like in those Middle Eastern countries where, you know, women, the, the treatment of women there, you know, um, also think about the LGBTQ plus community, you know, they they often are, um, they are very underrepresented and, um, 
you know, they often have to hide who they are. Um, it was just a basic anger piece. Writing that was just angry. I was just so angry because people disgust me sometimes. Um, no, I agree. I, I have to, I mean, when you're done, I, I have something I want to say too, but uh, yeah, the, but yeah, I so agree with you on that. I just wish that um, being a liberal does not make me a fucking terrorist, okay? Stop. Stop it. I am not a terrorist because I am a liberal person. I am not a terrorist because I back Palestine. It's ridiculous what is going on. Do you know that... Um, after the Holocaust, all of the Jewish people that were sent, like America did this, they, they shipped all of these, you know, the Jewish people over and gave them land that was Palestine occupied. And so they've had this war for, you know, what, 70 some, I don't know, however many years. And... I know people are like, well, you don't really know what's going on. All I know is that we have two groups of people who want, you know, the same things, but nobody will sit and fucking talk about it. All they know how to do is get out their guns and start shooting and start ripping people's families apart and start ripping them out of their own homes and doing God knows what to them. I am not, I am not highly educated in that situation. If somebody listens to this and thinks that I'm a crackpot and they want to, you know, give me some, you know, facts, then please do get a hold of me and give me some facts so that I'm not spouting out a bunch of, you know, bullshit or something. But I believe in humanity and being humane and treating people with some semblance of respect, some humanity here, people. Come on. Amen. No, and it's true. I'm just glad somebody finally said it, if that makes sense. Um, Everything you're saying is so true, right? Because, um, you know, like when we talk about, you know, the black people, right? The Black Lives Matter and stuff like that. People take so many things so out of context. It's crazy, right? So there's people who are fighting for the right reasons and then there's people who are fighting for the wrong reasons, right? But the mm-hmm. one thing, and, and I'm sorry if this offends anybody, but to make it seem like as if, you know, it's impossible for a black person to be successful. Like, that's complete bullshit. Because look at Kanye West, Denzel Washington, Martin Luther King, yes. Malcolm X. They're very successful people, and they did what they had to do to become successful. Martin Lawrence, um, Will Smith, um, Chris, uh, Chris Tucker, you know, all these people. Yes. Um, Dave Chappelle, they're very successful people, and they're all black. I'm not saying that they don't go through stuff. What I'm saying is to make it seem like it's impossible for a black person to be successful, that's complete bullshit. And I'm tired of those particular people who think that way because it's like, no, like 
there's even Hispanics who go through stuff too, and they're successful too. George Lopez is a perfect example of that. You yes. know, and those people, they were successful people. Yeah, did they have like backgrounds that were a little bit crazy, but they were still successful people no matter what. But to say that the minority, it's impossible, that it's just all white things. No, it's not all just white people. It's not just all, you know what I'm saying? Like to say that it's impossible for us to, successful that's complete bullshit that's where i get pissed off at to say that it's impossible for anyone that's not white to be successful that's why that's why i have to get pissed off at because i there's a lot of people who are not white who are not american who are very successful so i just want to get that out the way and i I know people are going to get offended by that but i don't care because you know what like it needs to be said Mm -hmm. yes no, and I don't think that, like you said too, like I don't think that makes me a terrorist. Or I don't think that makes me a, a evil person because, you know, oh, because I said that, you know, and I know people are probably going to say something, but I, I don't care because, but that's the thing no one wants to talk about. You know what I'm saying? No one wants to talk about that. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember back in the days in New Jersey, there was a teacher, um, Joe Clark. He was very countercultural. And he was a very controversial black teacher at this. Te- uh, they even made a movie about it. Morgan Freeman was in this movie. He played the teacher. It's called St- uh, oh, what's that movie? Uh, lean on me. By- yes, lean on me. That's a perfect example of like he stood. He he was one of those guys that he was not afraid to say what he needed to be said. He talked about yeah. stuff I don't want to talk about, and people hated him for it. But he didn't give a shit. Like he said what he had to say, and that was it. And that was it, you know, and it's like we don't but like 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 that um aspect of life, I feel like it's been lost now because who do we know now that even talks about the real stuff, you know, and it's like I mean, I don't want to sound like an asshole, but like like when did this civilization become so soft because now everybody's offended with everything? I know. I know. <laughs> this is oh, like Oh my god, like I'm oh my god, Lord forgive me. But I'm like, I will not reduce myself to the putification of society. I'm sorry, I'm not. Thank you. Like I'm not thank you for saying that. (laughs) No, amen. But it's like, thank you for saying what you're saying. I'm like, okay, I want this to be a legit, like, you know, kind of like, let's talk about whatever, I don't give a shit, kind of thing. And this is like, wow, you know, because it's true. Like, I'm like. Okay, we become pussies, and I hate that shit. Like, I'm not reducing myself to the pussification society. I'm sorry. I'm not going to change who I am because it makes somebody else feel some type of way. I'm sorry. That's not happening. Amen. Absolutely. If I give you a bellyache, I'm sorry I gave you a bellyache, but I am not taking back what I said. Because, you know, by category, I guess you can say I'm considered a born-again Christian, even though I don't really... And people people, people, people actually get on me about this because um, I always tell people, yeah, I believe in God. I'm a believer of Jesus Christ, and, and I try my best to live in his ways, according to his word, but I never say, oh, I'm a Christian. And it's not that I'm ashamed of being a Christian. It's just, unfortunately, um, you know, that word Christianity has such a negative connotation these days that it's like... I, I don't know, you know, and with all the scandals that are going on, let's say someone who doesn't believe, like, why would they, like, if I'm telling you my testimony, why would you want to believe in something? But then there's these scandals that are going on, you know, most recently, Robbie Zacharias, you know, and it's like, um, if you don't know who that is, it's, it's, 
it's very disgusting what he did. Um, it's just too much to talk about, but it's just like, and you know, I was telling somebody I was disgusted by that whole situation. And they're like, oh, see, but you can't put your eyes on man. You got to put your eyes on Jesus. I don't know. See, there's a difference. I wasn't mad because I looked up to him or whatever. That's not why I'm mad about. I'm mad at the fact that, okay, you're old dude. You're supposed to be a, you're supposed, basically we're supposed to be representing Christ. And you're preaching such a good thing. You have all these books that came out, whatever. And yet behind closed doors, you're doing a lot of demonic, a lot of crazy things, you know. And sexual misconduct, basically, that no one knew about until you died. And it's just like, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. like, it's just like, this is, this is why I always tell people I don't get caught up in this whole mega church thing. Because it's all about right. relationship. Yeah, I get all that. But at the same time, if you're walking with God and you're trying to influence others to follow in the things of God, just like you are, knowing that we're not perfect, that we're, there's nothing we can do to earn God's approval because we've been saved by grace, right? But it's like, you know, you're teaching, but you're you're living out what you're teaching and you're showing God's work in you. But yet you're doing all this extra stuff in the, on the low. And it's like, I, I don't understand that. It, it just pisses me off. You know, it's not even just yeah. and it's not even just Christianity. This is like every form, like some way or another, there's always something in these... And you know what sucks about that too, as far as like religion and Jesus and and, and church and all that, that that's the person, like you would think that's the last place you would think somebody would get hurted. And not for nothing, even though there's a lot of different types of hurt, but church hurt is one of the worst types of hurt you could ever go through. And I know people who stop believing in God because of something that happened in church, you know, Mm -hmm. in in a a group setting that believed in this common thing, but because so many people want to act stupid, and now it's like they don't want to believe. And it's like, yeah, we don't focus on man, we focus on God, but we're supposed to be helping each other, lifting each other up. But let's be honest, I think in Christianity as well, like we're not doing a good job at this. Let's be honest. And no one wants to talk about that. I have a problem with organized religion for those reasons, for all of those reasons, Andy, that you um, that you have stated. And I think that it's a construct that, in my opinion, does more harm than it does good. Um, I think that a person can follow Jesus and, and, and worship God. And they can do those things without having to attend a church. No, I agree. I definitely agree. I mean, although, yeah, like, there's certain aspects. Okay, fine. Maybe it's important to have a gathering setting, but no one said an actual church building. You know, there's a thing called fellowship. You can have just like, like you, let's say, for example, you and I, we're fellowshipping, technically speaking, you know, and we're talking, we're having this conversation. Yes. But it doesn't mean I have to go to a church in order to, just to do that. You know, I think that's where there's a lot of misconception with church, you know, because church was supposed to be a house of prayer, a house of, you know, like, you know, honoring God and stuff like that. But it's not just at the church, you know, not the four walls, not just the four walls. You know, there's the, you know, because technically we are the church, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, 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 let's, for example, like we're the church and the people who come to your life are part of your church. So how do you influence them? that They can see Christ in you type thing. But that's been lost for so many years. Oh, I'm so sorry because I'm just getting like, ah, you know, there's so <laughs> much to say. <laughs> there's just so much to say, but it's so 
much truth that needs to be talked about, you know? And it's just like, you know, obviously it's never going to end, but it's like, how can someone like you or me, how can we make the difference and show that, you know, whether it's this or whether it's the mental health or whether it's the, the political aspects or whatever the case might be, you know, and where it says hide your God, hide your sex, especially the hide your God part. I, you know what's funny? I feel like this country, obviously this country has a problem. And I feel like with this country, we have too much freedom that with we misuse it. But go to China and talk about Jesus, you'll get prosecuted. They have underground churches, like like true people who really, truly want to see Jesus. And they have to do it behind closed doors. They got to go to these underground tunnels to mm-hmm. talk about God because they're not allowed to do that in public. But we have it so much easier, but yet we misuse it. That's what pisses me off. And then people complain about real stupid shit. <laughs> yes. You know, we, we are America. We are, you know, we are great. But that does not mean that we are without frailties. Amen. And without fealties. Because you know what? At the end of the day, that's exactly what it is. And it does go back to, let's be honest, the root of deception because it came from somewhere and it's going to go somewhere. And, you know, like if it comes to you, it stops with you or it starts with you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it just boggles my mind how, like I'll, I'll, I'll even, and this is kind of a little bit off topic, but it's to prove the point I'm going to say. Like, I see ch- kids, when I see kids, I, when I mean kids, I don't mean kids like, you know, five-year-olds. I mean kids like, I'm, I'm 35, going to be 36. I'm talking about people in their early 20s, like, that that act like they're entitled to things, who, fit, like, basically snowflakey generation that they think they deserve everything because it's what they say, that's it, because maybe their parents told them, you could do anything you put your mind into, you just believe type thing. Yeah, it's yeah. getting to a point that you can't be blunt with them because now they get offended so easily, right? Like I, I have, I have, you know, I have kids in my family, right? Like you know, you're gonna be like nieces, nephews, and stuff like that. And the things they complain about, like even I even have coworkers, they're like in their twenties, and the things they complain about, the things they bitch about, and get upset about boggles my mind because I'm like wait a minute you guys have it so much easier than I did like (laughs) the way kids talk to their parents today I'm like yo if that would have been me first of all first of all I wouldn't even I wouldn't have dared talk back to my parents when I was growing up if I even said even one word that was a smack in the face a belt you're grounded and and you don't leave the room unless you're going to use the bathroom like you yeah. do that kind of discipline today? No, I'm calling ACS. Watch, you hit me. You can't even do that now. You can't even hit your child without somebody calling the police. I got swatted a couple of times when I was a kid. My dad had a big evil looking paddle. <laughs> wow. And but you knew, but it's like we knew, like, okay, no, like once their parents get mad, okay, you knew, okay, that's it. Like enough is enough. But today you it's like I don't know. You just can't do it today. It's so weird. I don't know when it became so soft. 
like it just boggles my mind it really does and i'm just like what the fuck just happened like once that two thousands came that's it like i don't know it's just uh it's craziness i have to say it's 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 craziness yeah and think about what's gonna happen when all of the gen xers are kind of out of authority um placements within our society you know think about all these 20 year olds that are that we have now think about in 20 and 30 and 40 years what kind of state are we going to be in yeah like what kind of things are they going to start implementing once they find themselves in positions of authority wow yeah Amen. And it's crazy to me because it's like, like no one wants to hear it. Like, like they just want to hear what they want to hear, but no one wants to hear what they need to hear. And, and that's what makes me sad. Like that pisses me off because I'm like, you rather be hurt. Like, it's like, you rather me lie to you or tell you what you want to hear because it makes you feel okay. And, and it doesn't feel some type of way. So that way to be hurt later and then hear the real blunt truth later and then get mad at me for lying to you about it. Like you rather me lie to you. Like this is insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause my because when I was growing up, people had no problem saying what it was and that was it. They didn't care if they hurt your feelings. Like they didn't care. Today you can't even like I don't know. It's 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 crazy to me. It really is. It really is. You know? So um I don't know. It's it's I don't know. Like it's just this boggles my mind, you know, and I love that we're having this conversation because it's so oh my god, like so true. It really is. We have to we have to soften things and dumb them down. So that people in the hopes that they'll be more receptive. And I think that's a damn shame. Yeah, I def yeah, my God, God bless us all. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, right. Oh my goodness. So why um do you have a? So I was gonna say if you want, why, uh, why don't you share a piece with us? Okay. I think that I could read a piece from "I Am a War." Perfect. And this is called Meditation. Shall I ascend to solitude, eagle high enough to spy myself? Put my metal parts to practice and train my reason to speak in comprehensive sentences. I presently think in blinks of pretty tainted photographs flicking our lives a fucking flipbook filled with phony animation, as though we've never been anything more than a pair of paper dolls pretending to breathe. The surgeon lied, I am not bionic, should have demanded a synthetic heart instead. Mine is afflicted with fissures, and I feel the blood leaching like so many earthworms smothering my organs. My body is not a temple, but a churchyard, your burial ground, and there's no space reserved for me. So ascend, I shall, 
eagle high enough. I'm crossing the threshold of this conventional world. Don't try to touch me. There's nothing to hold on to. Wow. Wow. To all. That, and wow. Thank you. <laughs> A lot of people misconstrue that piece, which I don't mind, you know, because poetry is so subjective. Um, people are going to take away from it what they will. But I will say that, no, this is not about suicide. It is about actually meditating. Yeah, and, I didn't, I didn't, that's interesting, because I, I didn't think it was suicide at all, to be honest with you. I, I didn't think anything of it like that at all. I just took this as like, like, yeah, like you said, meditating, but more like a reflection of yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, in a way, now, not you, like, kind of like, a person sitting down in this empty place. It's just you, yourself, and this surrounding, and you're just reflecting of so many things that your mind is coming up with. But I didn't think anything of suicide at all, though. That's interesting okay, that people would. Yeah. I'm surprised people would think that as suicide. I didn't think about that at all, because that, that sounds a little bit like me, honestly. Like, this is me. That sounds like me overthinking about life, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that, that's just the way it spoke to me because that sounds like every day my mind is racing with so many thoughts like that. And these are questions I ask myself, but I never get the answers to. Or I have the answer, but I refuse to accept. I have the answers to the questions and I'm asking questions that I already know the answers to, but I just don't want to accept the answer. Like that's, that's the way that piece spoke to me. Yeah. I see any, I didn't see any suicide at all though. Good, good. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. So, um, so how, how'd you come up with that though? Like, where did that come from? What was the inspiration behind that piece? Um, I, certain parts of it are come from the grief of losing my mom. Um, there's actually a part in there about my total hip replacement that I had. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. That, that's the part where it says, um, put my metal parts to practice and train my reason to speak in comprehensive sentences. Um, I love, but that, that's an interesting choice of words though. I like, I like that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's basically, you know, just kind of thinking about you know, mourning, you know, grieving and thinking about mortality and meditating on those things, you know, shall I ascend to solitude, eagle high enough, you know, sitting down and, and being with yourself and contemplating and reaching out, you know, like I said, whether you believe in the universe, or you believe in God, whoever it is that you believe in, sit in that being, you know, let that, let that touch you, let that guide you, you know, and listen to yourself as well, because I think that we have guides, we, we have the capacity to guide ourselves if we allow ourselves 
to just be us in the truest form. And that's what I, that's what I think about that. (laughs) No, no, that, that, that actually makes sense too, because now that, now that you really like, you know, especially breaking it down the way you just did. I don't know. I feel like you learn a lot. I feel like you learn about yourself as you're grieving, if that makes sense. Oh, definitely. I guess uh, if you want to read another piece and then, you know, if you like. Let's see. I'll do. Here's a. Here's here's a nice one. This is called Scene from a Green 68 AMX. Ah, okay. This um, is about um, my dad. Butter yellow sun, farmland in Fostoria, summer's sweet perfume, traveling to grandma's house, greatest hits in the tape deck. Engine vocalized over radio volume, the cars blared, let's go. Wind whipped her hair dirty blonde. She stood up in the front seat. Speed went to her head. Get on it, Dad. He banged those gears and she giggled. Wind stole her breath and she gasped. Dad sang, let the good times roll. And that I love is, that. Thank you. That's just a little vignette. It's just a little peek into a childhood memory. That's pretty cool. You know what's funny? As you're reading that, you know what I thought about? Like everything that showed the Wonder Years? Yes. That's exactly what it took me to, like kind of like that, like that kind of setting. Because you know how it was recorded back then, like the the, the show was recorded so different than how it shows are today. I literally thought about the Wonder Years when you're reading, well, as you're reading that piece. Aw, that's excellent. And I love, you know, one thing I love is like too, like it's not the fact that you read your stuff, but the way you read and express it. Like I love that. Like you ever thought about being like a, a like a narrator or something like that? Yeah, actually, I have thought about doing that. Um, if I had the proper equipment, I probably would audition for things. But I don't have, you know, proper sound equipment. Maybe some. Nah, I get you. Word. Nah, honestly, I don't have proper sound equipment either when, when, with this podcast. I'm still kind of a... Uh... I'm not, I'm not intermediate. I'm still kind of like in the Novins level of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. man. But um, so I'm going to bring this to a close. But I just want to say thank you so much for doing this with me. Thank you for being a part of this journey with me. And, and you know, I guess you could say writing your name and your legacy in history with these episodes, you know, because I really believe that even though we're doing what we're doing, but I feel like people are already listening to that. You know, for those who don't know, you know, um, it's available on Spotify, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and now Pandora. So I'm excited for that. Nice. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, I, I, I announced it before, but I'll announce it again. But yes, it is available on Pandora. So you can definitely check it out there. Um, I said Spotify. I said Apple. Did I say Apple? Well, Anyway, um, but again, thank you so much for doing this with me and just, you know, being a part of writing history, you know, because I see all these poets from back in the day, even before we was alive, you know, as far as like um, <laughs> Ginsburg 
and those kind of people who were go out and explore life and write about life and stuff like that. And the fact that, you know, they, they wrote history. There's people who, before podcasting, there was textbooks, you know? Yeah. And, and I this is our version of a textbook, if that makes sense, you know? And, and we get to hear it live and live in color and, and it's just it's just a beautiful thing, you know. And as again, I just want to say thank you so much. Um, any last thoughts? Any final thoughts before we close? Um, I just want to take the time to thank you for having me as a guest. It has been a blast talking with you, and um, maybe we can do it again sometime. Um, oh, absolutely, that's because I good. feel like I feel like there is a plethora of topics that you and I could talk about. Yes, indeed. Indeed. We could do like a part two, definitely. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're great. Thank you so much. You're great too. And again, thank you so much for being a part of this with me. So thank you so much. God bless you. Hope everyone enjoyed this episode and stay tuned for the following episode. So thank you so much. And yeah, we out.